Cool. Welcome, welcome back, Biscuits and Groovy Podcast. Um, Alex is here today with his buddy Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're doing Charles the First, right, dude? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So your pick. This is a cool guy. Um, what would you? Okay, so you John Rise. What would I? What would we call this guy off the off the get go? What would you call him? Like in a settle of like genre music. So I think like in a broad spectrum of genres, you could call it electronic music, maybe trip hop. But the I feel like the dude really created his own genre, and most of his music falls within the category of like something 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 genuinely not pretty well known. I think the probably next best artist who's making what Charles did, who's alive, is probably Potions. But it, it kind of if you were to try and compare Charles's music to another like leading EDM artist, you'd be hard pressed to find something that similar. Cool. Okay. So tell me about Aaron then. So uh, music guy, you like doing this kind of stuff too, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm just a nerd who makes beats on my laptops. I'm uh, involved in a little Discord community through a like a sample producing group called Cymatics. Are you familiar? No. They they just make like really high quality beats with uh, or beat loops and samples that they distribute for people to make, and that's kind of like the most active I am online. Is just like talking and collabing with other anonymous internet strangers and making music. I uh, recently just entered in like a little low key beat contest there and like pulled it off. Sick, dude. That's cool stuff. Um, really cool stuff. Well, let's play the let's play the first song, um, and then we'll like kind of cruise on from there. But um, Kira, I guess that's for you. That's yeah, it, this is my all time favorite one by him. Okay, cool. It's good to uh, good one to start on then. Yeah.
Okay, so from like a beat point of view, beat maker point of view, where when you say this is your that's your favorite, what do you what do you is it the layering? What's like the because I'm not a beat maker, right? I, but tell me about like a little bit about that like production kind of level and you know what I'm saying. So to really to really oversimplify it in terms of like say you're 12 and you're starting out like a week's free trial on on FL Studio when you put together your first beat, you're gonna put like a kick, some snare to like give it a pace okay. some hi-hats in that and yeah. then fill it up with some like melody elements and everything's very like like exclusive to one channel like you got your kicks here you got your drums here in this group you got your instruments in this one sick the thing about that track is he plays the entire song like it's one instrument there's no like hard shift there's no like uh like he doesn't he's not limited to uh just what he can do on the hi-hats or what he can do with the synths i feel like he can just dance along between every different element of the song and segue from any sound into the next one. So that's just like strictly in terms of what he's doing arrangement wise, right? On a different level, his synth design is unparalleled. So typically if you were to if you were to call this EDM for example, EDM especially like dubstep as everyone likes to refer to it is very like saw wave driven. Are you familiar with waveforms? Yeah. Okay, so you know like what a square wave, a saw wave, a sine wave sounds like. So typically, typically like dubstep basses are very saw wave driven, very sharp, like pointy sounding, ear piercing sometimes. Yeah. But he he kind of, I don't want to say he pioneered it, but like in trying to research a little bit about his synth design, he uses like what I've been thinking of as a busted sign. And so the sine wave is literally like the chillest uh, waveform. It sounds like just like a really light tone, like a tuning fork. And he basically takes uh, these sine waves and absolutely fries the shit out of them with distortion and a whole bunch of other effects. Okay. And so instead of creating like a classic dubstep bass, he's taking the softest waveform there is out there and turning it into like a completely a completely different form of synth design. Make sense? It's like there's way, way more uh, levels to the whole thing. But like if you, do you know what automations are? Um, like in music? I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean like if you're, uh, so... If you take your DAW of choice, like AKA Digital Audio Workstation, that's like your Ableton, your FL Studio, something okay. like that. So if you want the, as you're playing the track for something to change over time, you'll automate it. You'll basically draw like a line with a couple of points that will connect uh, okay. it to different timestamps. So his his automations must look like an absolute fucking Mozart yeah, of yeah. just like craziness. Moving, and he's got how many tracks in you, right? He's got he's got to have just a ton of different tracks and sounds and stuff like that that he's pushing in and out. I would think. Yeah, I mean, like if you. Uh, if the lay person tried to create that, they would probably be looking at like a hundred channels deep of trying to recreate each sound. More likely, he's probably working with like, like thirty to fifty, and just like is so heavily automating the different synths that he's designed through that he can create so many different sounds off of like a single channel. Or yeah, like, it's crazy. I think you're just thinking about how many that that way. Yeah, that's nuts. Because I think the max I've ever worked with is like ten, but they all had their own. You know. Yeah. Sick. Like, well, let's let's listen to another song then. Let's. Uh, we'll, I kind of. Let's listen for that stuff. So we're going to play just the next song. Um, I picked Mercy Falls right after that one. So here we go.
So I'd say a little bit more laid back than that first one, maybe, in my mind. You think? Um, I think a little bit. So I I don't know about you, but I have three moods when it comes to music, right? Okay. I like, I like chill, laid back. I like high energy bangers. And I like let's get weird. Okay. So I feel like both the songs we just listened to, to me, they kind of hit all three moods and just sort of seamlessly move between them. He like knows how to create a little bit of tension and just lead up to that like heavy bass wobble that sounds like classy and not just like obnoxious. I'm sure you've heard obnoxious dubstep, yeah, yeah, totally. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I think like uh, at the same time, he I feel like he has mastered the the art of moving between moods so easily that it's not jarring when he will like take something really like light and airy and move into something heavier and then back out. Hmm. Yeah, oh, I mean, overall, this is like it's an interesting experience. So, when he's, how is he getting these sounds? I mean, chances are he's probably using one of your one of your high profile like uh, synth creation VSTs. Are you familiar with any VSTs? No. Yeah, I would. Th- yeah, no, I would say no. So, like back in the day, like the OG um, EDM, like Skrillex days. Um, okay. Sure. Call it call it from like 2011 to 2015. Um, most likely people were at that time if you had like a an edm banger on the scene you were using massive by native instruments to make your synths okay nowadays things have kind of transitioned over to serum is kind of the the heavy hitter yeah and basically this is like your your all-purpose everything instrument creator so like in terms of presets you can select uh any instrument you can have it replicate guitars drums random sound effects but on the synth design element they they give you a lot of options for adjusting the sounds changing things modulating things so that they will change over time or rhythmically and you basically just like when people when people say producing is just turning knobs that's exactly what you're doing is basically like sitting on your laptop fucking around with the dials until you find the sweet spot that perfectly makes like your signature sound and okay. if you're like now that you've heard two songs back to back, you can start to hear a little bit of like a, a similarity between the two, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, where you say he's innovative and he's different? Was he, so he's coming. Tell me a little bit about Charles the First, then, because you say you said you know a lot about him. You did do a little research. I he, love his music. However, I wish I was better prepared to give you like some like life stuff about him. The truth is, is he's just like I. He's a great artist, and I really respect his work. I try not to pry too much into artists' personal lives because I think that's just like a level of obsession that's not quite healthy. Sure. I Tw- do know that he passed away last year, and it was heartbreaking. Oh, okay. Dead at 25, that's what it says. Yeah, so I it's it's suspected that he died of a fentanyl overdose in a hotel room. I, I may be misquoting that. You know, I don't again, I don't think it's respectful of the artist to know exactly right. like the details of what drug and what dose killed him. But, um, I mean, I have the... The worst thing that happened to me about that, not to make his death about me, but I actually, yeah. so I was, uh, I traveled to Arizona to see him live with another artist, Rez, and Of The Trees. Okay. And um, this was, I, I went to Arizona to see him on the 4th of July, and they had a windstorm that was so bad, it shut down the freeways. We got notifications on their phone, wow. on our, our phones. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we get to the show. After, after it had been postponed for like two hours, just waiting to get in to see if the weather would die down. They're like, all clear, come on in. As we're walking up to the gate to go back in, they're like, just kidding, psych, lightning, turn around, go home. We'd rented an Airbnb and everything. So we go home after that, like having spent the night in the Airbnb, right? Yeah. And then 
they postponed the show to like 20 days later, Pioneer Day of the 24th. And I'm like, I don't know. I just went out of town. I can't go back again to see him, right? I'll just get him on the next run through. And then he dies. That's wild. So moral of the story, see your artists yeah, yeah, go, go before they KO. Yeah, it's true. Um, I feel that a lot too. I'm like, I want to go see people just to say, well, I mean, they might even stop you know, touring too. That's another thing um, that people like to do. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So Dead at 20, he's from Sierra. He's from Nevada. He, he said he grew up in the Sierra Nevadas. Um, so cool. I mean, cool cool place. And that kind of gives him the, the tone maybe that he's looking for. Um, when you think of like a psychedelic version of an experience of EDM, is this is, is he going to be among the artists to talk about? Hands down. Yeah. Like the uh, like if if hypothetically you were taking psychedelics, I could not possibly recommend a better artist to put on. Cool. So I, I think that like he embodies a lot of that in his music. You can tell, I think, from kind of some of the ambient textures that are created in, in and out of songs and like during some of the interludes that he kind of comes from like that sort of background. I don't want to allege any like. Yeah. But I know I hear what you're saying. Um, but that, I would say that's the uh, my friends. My friends are kind of into that kind of scene, too. A lot of that. So I'm going to I'm going to have to ask them if they who, if they know who this guy is. Which I'm sure they would, right? Um, by the by, the ways you're making it sound, and I mean he's got a lot of followers too, a lot of, and he's got a lot of music, honestly. Um, so speaking, let's play the next one, dude. So your pick, no dimmer, right? So we're moving into more of the, that EP range here a little bit, but um, here we go. Ooh. Ooh. 
So uh, vocal range, how about that? How about the vocal tracks that he's getting? Is he speaking? Is he talking? What's the? Do you know that, or do you know, or is that anything to think about? I guess maybe. So I haven't researched the artist credits. However, if you look at like you know like songs featuring X artist, the only artist credited on this one, in addition to Charles, yeah. is China, and you can hear her come in at the very end. And I think this is this is the first one I know of that he has like two vocalists on a track. What I'm assuming is himself and the uh, female artist. And it's like it's cool to hear the dynamic because you can tell that the vocal processing is uh, really similar between the two. Like a little bit of auto tune, a little bit of like really like airy reverb sound, and like uh, just like really kind of like an R&B slash rap style of of doing the vocals on top of what is this like very, very synth driven bassy track. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I was always, I'm interested in that kind of concept behind it, but yeah, this is a musical world that I'm not used to for sure. Um, and is definitely more of the modern age. Um, I think style of writing too, especially with all the technology we have. So it's honestly really fascinating to kind of listen and to this kind of, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and try to break it down as a musician because um, what he's doing is such like on a different spectrum of what I do typically, right? Um, but that's really cool in my opinion, right? Um, it bleeds around this just limitless rabbit hole that is music really, you know? So, Are you familiar with like prog metal as a genre? I think a little bit. Okay, so maybe you've heard like a little dream theater or something okay, like yeah, that. Okay, yeah, sure. Basically, like I, I, I say prog metal because I feel like that's the one with the instruments that you'd be most familiar with as like, you know, like a rock band, right? Yeah. But the thing about prog metal is it it progresses. That's the whole idea is that so like rather than having like a very defined like verse, uh, verse, hook, 
chorus type right. structure it just goes from one bit into the next yeah. and so like honestly a good way to describe his is like prog prog bass music prog yeah, yeah. prog trip hop because like you what i appreciate about that song structure is its uniqueness you start off with this little ambient bit then you go into a bass drop then you go into some of these like long drawn out ambient spaces and then you finally throw the verse in there with the vocals for you and for your like co-singer at the very end yeah and so it's just like it's 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 interesting it's different it's like i feel like he really did save the best for last with that one Mm. very cool yeah very cool we got we still got a couple more here coming um for sure but that like that no dimmer there was that was a very interesting because i you feel like that's so china you call it it, so she gonna help then produce this does she kind of do the same thing tell me about that like that featuring artist then a little bit if you know anything so uh, about China, I don't know specifically. I suspect that she's passed away as well, only because I have this vague memory of Charles saying "Rip China" on like one of his uh, social media posts. Okay. But she's and, a producer though, too. Well, I I don't know. Is the oh, thing. Okay, okay. So China very could have very well could have played a role. But the thing is, is that Charles Charles's uh, unique style is so like uninterrupted in this track that I venture to say that she really was just an artist feature, and and gave him like a vocal cut for him to work with mm. that's a pretty common thing for producers is like we will outsource vocals because probably most of us can't sing rap for shit yeah, and yeah. so you like you get somebody else who has a mic and a decent voice to cut you like 30 seconds worth of audio and half the fun he doesn't really do it in this one but half the fun of producing with vocals is like chopping them up and playing them like an instrument very interesting well that's dope dude honestly it's really cool um that's some really cool stuff yeah, fascinating. Um, well, cool. Let's keep let's keep just keep cruising. I feel like we got some we got some good momentum here. Well, let's bleed into this more some more songs. I feel like we're kind of getting wrapped up into that too. Um, less talking, more listening. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we're gonna now we're gonna jump to like so he did a full he did two full blown albums, right? So late these last ones were kind of on that EP scale, um, but he's got a ton of singles, and so this next one's we're we're gonna jump to the ascent, and I'm gonna play breathe here. Thank you. 
very cool, very cool. So typically when he was throwing concerts, what's like the kind of uh, length? You know, is it like, I mean, are we going for hours on hours? Or what's the, like, I mean, you, you said you were going to go to him though. Like, but do you know anything about that? Kind of his live performance? So I actually, this, this time that I missed him was the only time I was ever scheduled to see him. So okay. I, I'll never get the chance again. But as far as like, like the formatting, if you're asking about the way the show works, like I, I used to back in the day be a regular rave goer, if you're familiar with the community. Okay. Sure. And so the way things typically work there is depending on the size of the event, you'll have multiple stages and stages tend to gravitate towards a certain like uh, style of music. So if you're at a particularly big festival, you might have a stage for like the popular, like typically it's house music or like melodic dubstep kind of stuff. Just whatever, whatever could get played on the radio potentially is taking center stage right there. Then you'll have a couple more stages on the sides. That'll be like for the, like the crazy think like metalhead kids who are into EDM. So you'll have like all the rhythm dubstep and all the nasty, scary shit. And then you'll also like, have exclusively house stages, just like boots and cats kind of yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of things totally. going on. So the way those typically work is you'll have a set list and each artist is probably playing about like anywhere from like an hour and a half to a 40 minute set. Typically it's an hour. And then, I mean, like assuming you're in the role of this festival goer and you are at a big ticket event, you're going to have to draw like some kind of crazy path through all the different stages to see everyone you want to see. Gotcha. Well, I mean, cool stuff, dude. Oh, that's really cool stuff. Um, it's very, yeah, like I said, it's just a fascinating kind of genre overall um, for me to kind of discover. Because, like, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big rave goer. My friends are, though. So that's why I got to ask him about Charles the First. Um, festival, so. So that's typically, if you're going to go see him, you're going to a festival. Is that what, if you were going to go see him now. I mean, obviously, like you said, he was dead, but. Right. I, I, so I know that. Charles gained a following in the bass music community, and bass is bass music is an offshoot of of EDM that kind of contains all the slower, heavier stuff. So like dubstep would qualify as bass music, some some like festival trap to some extent, and some same with this like weird experimental bass sort of shit that uh, Charles has going on. All kind of falls under the umbrella term of bass music. And I think like it is, it is, it makes up a really huge part of the EDM community, but isn't necessarily front and center. I'd say that stage probably belongs to house music. Hmm. Okay, fascinating. Honestly, honestly, fascinating. Um, so the ascent. So he releases two albums, right? So typically, when I mean up to this point, it looks like he started in 2015. There's gonna be some singles, some singles, and then some some EPs. Um, now this comes out in 2018. And that's pretty deep into his career, I would say, right? Um, what's the difference, like, from a producer like you doing this yourself, doing this as EPs versus doing them as an album? You know what I'm saying? What's I understand, like, in the in the music scene, how that that difference is, and is it similar um, for like like a typical like band to do that, or is this kind of like a as he produces music, he kind of produces music, and he's mostly playing like live shows, and he's kind of having a, like a ton of different music that he hasn't like recorded, I guess yet. I, I don't know how does that how does that kind of work. So the thing is, is like being a producer, especially a mostly solo producer like Charles, is you have just absolute like hours and hours of unreleased music that you're sitting on. Yeah. Think about like every half baked project you ever started on guitar that never came to fruition. Right. So like if you're playing on an actual instrument and you're not recording, that just gets lost in the ether. Like, yeah. and if you don't forget it, sucks to suck. Yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, like at the same time, if you you have like all these projects going on he he basically like 
Sometimes I think about all the unfinished music he had on his laptop when he died and how that'll either never be released or never be released finished. So as far as like releases go, if you, um, if you are an artist getting started, chances are you don't have the patience to sit on something you made that's good, right? Yeah. So hence the single. Just like, just like any other band, though, it's like when you've got like an, a diamond, you're ready to let it go even before the album's ready, right? The thing about working with a band and other people is just like every additional person you add slows the whole process down. And so I feel like it's typical for bands to produce like an album every like year to three years because it takes that long to get everybody's contribution. Yeah. With, with a single producer, I feel like it can still take a similar length of time to produce a really solid piece of art, especially something like long, like a full length album. But EDM producers will frequently release EPs and they can do that probably every six months if they were dedicated more. Re realistically, it's like a year. And that gives you some time to focus on producing and focus on touring where you're playing live shows. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't know the definition of an EP, which is stupid because it's probably an acronym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, so LP stands for long play, and then EP stands for extended play. Okay, well that's so, so interesting. Normally, well, so normally, like in the in the in the historical event, um, you have an LP, which is just a full blown album, and then you add to it for, with an extended play later and so it's the, normally eps come after lps um but that's obviously changed because L eps are just shorter and so that's what they just they just call it an ep right but in the in the typical historical verbiage and what it actually is like back when you were doing albums you record a full album and then you had like a side b to like more songs that you didn't release and that album per like did really good you'd release an ep behind it of other songs that were like didn't make the first cut, you know, like, yeah, didn't make the final cut kind of a thing. So cool. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to get that background on it because it's basically ass backwards in the EDM community. I think it's back at bass backwards now in the, in the world period, but yeah, typically like, I mean, even I, uh, EP almost seems like a misnomer in the sense that it's used now. Cause typically EP in the scene now generally stands for like, like a four or five song mini album yep. where people just like, they've got, they've got something good, but not, they don't care to sit on it and thresh it out to a full length album. Or it's just like frequently EPs will have a theme and they're just like, Hey, here's five songs that fit the criteria and yeah. kick it out. It's definitely more of a, uh, like the business side where they don't want to commit to a full, you know, 50 minutes or, you know, hour, hour plus, right. They want to just give you like the good 25 and then see how you do. Definitely. Um, that's kind of what they, yeah, definitely a business, definitely a money grab there. Let's keep going though. Uh, so I, I picked another song off the, uh, off the ascent, and I think this next one actually was my favorite. Um, so I picked the last one in pieces. Yeah, rock on here. Is this real? Is there poetic license? Like, like, where did that come from? What, what prompted that? Um, I think I've, 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 I've pulled that that song out from previous experiences, but I think my whole life, I think everything is drawn out of even even situations, situations, situations with the experience of going through change and accepting change. That's the hardest thing for man, accepting change.
Transitional there for me. Like, I feel like that song kind of just really had this big flow. There's a lot going on there. You know what I'm saying? It starts here, ends over here, comes over here a little bit, drops over here. Like it's a, I, when you say when I was asking earlier, like 50 tracks, like the, the different sounds. Um, do you feel like he's ever reusing sounds a lot? Do you ever hear reused sounds? I mean, he's, I would think that he would. I think he would love certain stuff, and then you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think that's the dream as a producer, especially at like of this genre of music, is to be known for a specific sound quality. So like to to develop your signature uh, synth design and get away from using presets is is the ultimate goal of anyone who wants to become established. Excellent. So yeah, I absolutely think he is recycling his uh, synth design between tracks, and it's like for me at least, it's been an ever evolving process. Like if you were to listen to like. Uh, one song used uh, like one synth used in a song in 2019 and then the the same synth in it's like you know v10 evolution yeah. used in 2022 gotcha. you notice like this uh this advancement of like your your capability as a producer and yeah. synth designer and so for me what's really interesting to listen back to his old music is you can definitely hear it's like simpler and which which doesn't make it bad you know what i mean i right. think think sometimes like something too complicated can easily go over someone's head it's you know complicated doesn't necessarily mean better but it's really it's uh especially with like his you know relatively short career i don't know how long an artist average career is but it's it's so it's beautiful honestly to see his synth design evolve over time and hear him take like a simpler busted sine wave and turn it into just like this this crazy movement like this uh ambient and simultaneous banger banger and weaving back and forth seamlessly through it yeah, and honestly, it is really cool. And like I said, this is different from what I'm typically used to, and so it definitely sounds it's it's definitely a different you know vibe for me, um, which is cool though. But like it's yeah, the production level. I see this as a, like, does he call himself a musician or does he call himself an artist? Or you know what I'm saying? How do you how does he? What do you think he refers to himself as? Because I mean, in my mind, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a uh, musician, more of like an artist, more of like a, you're doing like artwork rather than you know what I'm saying like I feel like the musicianship of a genre of like playing an instrument um leaves you needing other people around you maybe like a solo artist and then like I guess you could kind of genreize that but am I crazy to think that you'd call he would call himself more of an artist than a musician I don't know like I don't know how that world works I guess and maybe in the EDM world I've never I've never heard it broken down so specifically in terms of like exact uh definition so I think I think most uh Producers would probably refer to themselves as both and use the term synonymously. Okay. However, I think the way you described it, I, I feel like Charles would probably refer to himself as an artist. And personally, I see him as an artist rather than just a musician. Yeah, yeah, that's how I would. That's how I would see it too. He's doing. He's. He's. Yeah. He's an. He's a. I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. He's an artist. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool stuff. 
Um, yeah, Charles first. Charles first. Cool stuff. Well, I mean, we're cruising. Like I said, we're cruising along. Um, let's keep let's keep grinding though. Like we got. Uh, I think this is our last song actually. Um, your last pick. Um, two to part two. Um, seek. And this is gonna be on the 2021 album. So when did he? Di- so is this when did he die? Like when were you gonna go see him? So I was when I planned on seeing him. That was in July of 2021. I believe he passed away in. Uh, I want to say. Man, this is like the reason I'm having such a hard time is because when I got the news that he died, I was literally drunk at a friend's house, like at his like party in his condo. And so I just remember this like feeling of vague sadness at like the realization hitting that I was never going to see him. So like if he was if it was July of 2021 that he passed away, I want to guess that this was in like the following following spring maybe i want to say like march that? yeah okay. like don't uh, this came out march 5th me. this last album came out march t- march 5th 2021 that's why i'm asking i just was, i didn't know if you were going to see him on this like if he was torn for this or if that was the idea but the um solace is that what you is that you'd say it his yep. album yeah um that's what i maybe that's when maybe he was like you know i guess going and playing um do you think he typically it's hard to say like i i imagine that he would play all these songs like he'd play the album as he wrote it you know when he played it live he'd start from the first song and he played down so there's there's actually there's kind of like a uh, a division in the community in terms of like how a set goes so have you ever heard of like a musical production that you go to see referred to as a set i guess playing a set right like in yeah, a yeah. band so there's two kinds of sets when it comes to electronically produced music and you've got the dj set which is like the actively involved like i am like cranking levers, turning knobs, and just like, it's almost like, imagine you took a song that was in play and chopped it up to make it your own. Like, it's it's the the art of DJing, seamlessly moving in between songs, doing mashups where you take the best parts of multiple songs and play them simultaneously, and just taking a single song or more and chopping it up into something coherent. Hmm. And then you have the the widely reviled, which is just like the push-play set. And that's kind of what you're describing there is like if like uh, frequently artists will put together a whole album and then when people go to see them live in air quotes, they're really just putting pushing play on a pre-recorded set yeah. and then acting like they're doing something. The thing is, is that like if you want to see a production that has like perfectly in sync visuals with the music, most of the time that has to be done like before the Event. before the yeah. event so like the thing is is like if you if you want to see live music you're seeing a dj set and the vocals are not necessarily stock but they are not like it's not crafted to be as cinematic of an experience as a push play set gotcha interesting interesting so you think he would uh, do you know which realm of the side of he would be on or he was on i couldn't tell you from personal experience but i would suspect that charles would tend tend more towards djing and probably not like a super involved what i mean by that is that he's probably not like obnoxiously flipping like effects on and off and rapidly changing through things he seems like the type of dj or who would let a song breathe a little bit and so what i imagine he's doing is like they uh really really pompous djs will uh, act like there's this very like uh specific skill in reading a crowd and i don't necessarily disagree i think i think they overplay the importance of it but the idea behind djing is you're literally 
taking people's reactions for the music you're playing, deciding what song to put on next and how to transition into it, what things to do mid-song to get people hyped up. And so I, I, I get the feeling that like since everyone who's seen Charles is there to see him, it probably wouldn't be tough for him to uh, uh, make a right move on his song selection next. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of pressure to read the crowd right because it's like I'd probably like I'd be excited about anything that came on, yeah. but he's probably not going into order either. I think he's jumping like completely in terms of like free will. But then again, he very well could have done in the past, both like pre-designed sets and DJ sets. Gotcha. Fascinating. Really cool stuff. Well, let's put the last one then too. So, uh, two to part two seek. Um, yeah, let's, and let's, um, we'll, we'll finish up. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, so I mean, this was definitely the first kind of like DJ project um, artist that I, we, we've done on the podcast um, so far, but it was a really cool experience. It was a really cool experience. Well, I'm flattered to have been the one to introduce you to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Charles I, never heard of him before um, until up until this point for me, but um, now the listeners have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is it's a good, it's good to kind of get that full, full range of motion, but it's, you know, typically I would never have picked this because I would never have known, right? And I know how to get introduced. So it's more like the play we hit, we have here is this introdu- introduction at this point. But yeah, so Groovy, um, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks this for is, having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, next week, we're doing an artist called Yeba, um, another one that I don't know anything about whatsoever. Um, but that's the kind of the kind of playoff, you know, um, which is fun. It's the whole point of the podcast, right? Um, so look forward to next week on for Yeba guys. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I do a little music. If you guys want to follow me on SoundCloud, my handle is uh, Air Bear with two eyes. Air Bear with two eyes. Yep, I love it. So uh, you do same kind of stuff. Is this or what we? No, I've got way more ADHD than this. I I tend to get bored if I stick to any genre too yeah. much. It's pretty it's pretty unilaterally like EDM music, but I I try to make everything. So air bear with air bear with two eyes. Yep. So a a i i. That's it. That's sick, dude. So how when you got into that doing that in the SoundCloud is this is that, was it kind of like inspiration coming from these kind of guy this kind of stuff or? So I, I I discovered this artist in particular after I had already been doing it for a couple of years. Oh, okay, but that's cool. not to say doing it well. Like I I have some old shit up on there, and that's like if you know if you ever have me back, maybe I'll show you some Seven Lions and Virtual Riot. Those sick. are like old school like. Uh, EDM heads who made more like classic dubstep type stuff. That's what that's what got me into it. I started like doing the basics, and then it kind of just evolved from there. Well, honestly, we'd love to do Air Bear, dude. We we would do you on the podcast, man. You know, it would be it'd be cool. Um, so we might bring you back just for that too. We'll get a we'll get a third we'll get a third on here, and then we'll have you sit and talk about all about your music. Um, that'd be really cool. But yeah, okay, cool. So we'll wait wait next week. We got Yaba coming out too. Um, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Steve.